0: Hey, hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from Monday Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. Had a little Texans money this morning. We broke down a lot of the game that happened and took place. We also got opinions from Andre Ware, from Spencer Tillman and John McClain. You'll hear those tonight as well if you were unable to hear it. You're also going to hear from defensive back Shaeem Carter, a.k.a. Coach Carter. And it isn't because of the movie. It's not because of the movie, and we'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you a little bit later because we're going to hear from Shaheem in this segment along with Andre Ware in his first segment, but we got to get to a little bit of news and a few of my observations, my Harris hits from practice today. First piece of news came out about lunchtime today, a little bit after that, early afternoon. The Texans, according to sources, have not seen this official yet. But the Texans have traded defensive back Keon Crossan, apparently to the New York Giants, where Keon is reunited with his special teams coach from New England, Joe Judge, with the Giants. The Texans will get apparently a 6th round pick in 2023. We don't have that official word yet from Texans, but we have seen that reported from many, many people. I don't know who was the first. Don't really care who the first was. But that trade has been made. Keon Crossan going to the New York Giants so thought process in that deal with Keon is there must be some guys that have really impressed and I think that we've seen it we've seen Tremont Smith with the interception we've seen him make some plays in practice we've seen John Reed had two really nice cover plays the other night against the Packers so maybe it feels like the Texans getting some draft capital for a guy they traded a 7th rounder for a couple of years ago and got two very very good years out of in Keon Cross and I love the guy and I wish him well wherever he goes. I don't care who he plays for. I'll be cheering for that guy all the way but Keon and apparently traded to the Giants not official yet but many sources uh, have said that is the case. Well We'll probably have the official word, I would think, tomorrow at some point. But we've seen everybody tweeting it and putting it out there, so wishing Keon luck in New Jersey with the G-Men. All right, let's get to some of my thoughts from practice. And I think probably the, the biggest winner of practice today had to be Nico Collins. I've got three separate times written down. Here's the first one, 5-12. to 12. This is my shorthand, 5-12. to 12. Wow, what a catchover. 37's head, wonderful completion. I've got to think that asterisk three times. And basically, Nico just went up and picked it off the top of the defensive back's head. I mean, and then none of that, and it kept running. So he goes up, snatches it, comes down, and keeps running. That's the other thing, the body control to be able to do that. Uh, a little while later, I've got him uh, 10 to 12. This one coming from Davis Mills. Deep back shoulder ball that he had to kind of work back to. Went up, caught it. The way he tracks the ball is for a young dude just amazing. Amazing. I wrote down great ball tracker because tracking that ball, know where that thing is on deep routes, man, that, that is not easy to do. That you, you think, okay, well, he's big, he's tall, he runs. You know, that's easy to It is when you're running at his rate of speed and then you got to go up and make a play. Whoo boy, that's tough. And then I've got a third one written down here first play of team, five to 12, complete deep, and I put in all caps, go get it, exclamation point, because that's what he does, and what I love about what Nico did, he makes these catches, and I'm telling you, the place, the offensive guys are just going nuts, I can hear from the other side of the field, just, they're just going crazy for him, and Coach Cully called him over at one point, and you could just see, Nico was kind of like, yeah, what did I just do, it was like, you know, he's playing a pickup game, he just did a, you know, a layup, and just walked over like, yeah, he wasn't you know, flexing and posing and pretty, just made the plays. But Nico Collins, an absolute star today in practice. The guy you're going to hear from in just a little bit, Shaheem Carter, with one heck of an interception. I mean, a tremendous interception. A one-hander uh, where Davis Mills was trying to sneak, sneak it over the top to him, and Carter kind of baited him into it. He kind of played, as you'll hear, he's kind of playing a high-low concept, and so Carter looked like he was playing a low Davis tried to sneak it over the top, and Carter was ready to go get it. That one-handed pick, I'm telling you, wow, that uh, was impressive. I think the third one, even though Davis Mills did throw that interception there, I got to think the quarterbacks were just sharp. I mean, completions, completions, completions all over the place. Um, Really good stuff, uh, I thought, from the quarterbacks on the day. I still... Still see number 51, Kamu Grugier-Hill. Now, there was no pads today, so they weren't hitting one another. But he is just so quick to the football when he is dropping into coverage at his linebacker spot. You saw him fill against the run. But when you see him break on the ball in pass coverage, it's pretty impressive. So some good stuff today at practice. Those are just a few. Harris hits uh, at HoustonTexans.com. I'll get home tonight after the show and go ahead and put those out there. Get you a couple pages couple pages worth, um, so you can take a listen to that. Now, I mentioned Shaheem Carter with that interception. I had a chance to catch up with him after practice. All right, day number 15 went inside. John Harris alongside Coach Carter. Not only is it because of the movie, but my man Shaheem Carter was actually coaching at Alabama before you got an opportunity. I know that's gotta be, for you, probably a pretty interesting transition. You see the other side of life, then you come out here making plays.
1: What's been that transition back to playing from coaching, how's that been? Uh, it's been an amazing trans- transition. Uh, I see stuff from the other side now, yeah. uh, as a coach, as like what coaches want here, uh, so I can, you know, relate that to my game now. So yeah. it, it's, it's been an amazing, it's been an amazing journey, you know, from transitioning from coaching and back to playing. So yeah, I love it. All right, I'm gonna get to the one-handed pick over here just a yeah. little bit because that was sweet. <laughs> but I gotta ask you,
0: Saturday night was the first time getting back on the field in a couple of years, right? Yep. In a year. How'd that feel?
1: Man. I feel so surreal, dog, just to, <laughs> just, just to be out there, man, playing, you know, with these guys I call my brothers, yeah. uh, you know, just drain, gaining their trust, you know, from me trusting them and them trusting me, you know, just just out there, just, you know, just to get that feel again. Yeah. It, it was amazing. I can't believe it. <laughs> All right. Practice. You may be made to play a practice
0: with the pick, and then I heard you say a little bit as you walked over, you're like, yeah, I baited him. What are some of the things as a defensive back when you talk about, oh I baited him? What were you trying to get the quarterback to do before
1: you could end up making that pick? Uh just to just to uh, see my gesture of, you know, it was like basically a high low concept. Yep. Uh, you know, baiting like I'm playing the low and, you know, go get the high concept, uh, that's all I did. Uh wasn't nothing, you know on my end wasn't nothing spe- uh, spectacular besides the catch obviously uh but you know just playing mind games with the quarterback that's all it is it is it is playing mind games with the quarterback and obviously every time you go to a higher level you can do different things
0: um as you go with this group of dbs you got a lot of guys back there's a lot of energy in that room what's that group of dbs like in a defensive beating room
1: man it, the, the energy is so high up uh you know those guys are amazing learning each and everything every day you know Things that, you know, they've been playing. We have, you know, uh, Bradley Roby, Terrence Mitchell going on year eight in the lead. Uh, You got um, Vernon Hargraves going on year six in the lead. Uh, Those guys got so much, you know, experience in the room, and they just teaching me, you know, things, you know, that they've seen before. You know, they've been playing uh, for a while now, vets. So they teaching me a lot, and, you know, and – Things I can teach them that I don't know, I teach them. Uh, just a little small thing like coaching details. You know, I just try to keep them up on that, you know, keep them on their toes, ask them questions throughout the day. Uh, you know, when we walking through the uh, hallways together, when we're getting grabbing lunch, you know, just ask them questions, keep them on their toes, keeping them sharp.
0: Has a Florida-Alabama argument started between you two at all yet, or is that to, to, uh, to happen later?
1: <laughs> to happen later, for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's going to happen. Okay, I started this a couple weeks ago, and it's been a good hit, so I'm going to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Because it's an opportunity to say something positive about somebody. Say something nice about. All right, you ready?
1: About. Say something nice about Lovey Smith's beard. The only white beard I ever saw in my life. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> say Love so,
0: it. say something nice about. Bradley Roby.
1: Besides him going to Old State and. <laughs> That's my dog. That's
0: my dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we won't hold that against him. All right, I see him over there. Say something nice about Traymond Smith.
1: Traymond Smith, always bringing the energy, man. Always, you know, laughing, uh, playing games, you know, playing mind games with each other. Always just having fun with it. Say something nice about the Auburn Tigers. Can't. No, I mean, I know you can't. I'm just messing around, <laughs> Thank you for your time, man. Appreciate no problem. Thank it. you.
0: For those that didn't know, Sha'em went back to Alabama and was there in the spring of 2021 coaching and right when spring football was over, he got an opportunity to come here and try for the Texans, and he's been here ever since. That's why I call him Coach Carter. So he's very, very good, very smart football player. Uh, and that pick today was something else. Now, a guy who was also a very smart football player, and he is tremendous on the air, one of the best analysts you're going to find anywhere, it's our good friend Andre, where we caught up with Dre this morning. And, of course, you know we had to ask him about the quarterbacks.
2: Very impressed in, in, uh, in terms of how he led the team high commanded the offense he wasn't just throwing check downs like you see a lot of guys do in the preseason and he averaged uh they 10 yards for completion uh the limited time that he was in and they went right down for points on the board so uh you have to be impressed with the way to rock. Dre
0: Davis uh, Davis Mills I think of all the rookies or young quarterbacks I think he maybe threw the ball more. He threw it 22 times. I know he threw it more than any of the drafted rookies. Um, and completed 11 of 22, even a couple of incompletions. The deep ball he threw, the first one, Anthony Miller, was actually, I thought, a pretty pretty good throw. But what overall, first rookie action, and luckily we get to see in the preseason. What did you think of Davis Mills throwing it on Saturday? Well, I
2: thought he rebounded well, you know, after a, a, a kind of a shaky start, so to speak. Uh, rebounded, composed himself, and then was able to move the team. And, and I think uh, all that goes into that. All of you know you start to look at well, how's he been in camp, how's you know he progressed. I think the progression is there the way you would want it to be as a coaching staff uh, and as as a teammate as well. Then us looking at him uh, and just kind of giving our two cents, so to speak. I think he's done a heck of a job in a small period of time and with uh, with limited reps. And I mean that from a standpoint of game risks. He didn't get a lot of them in college. uh, Only one season as a starter. And then all of a sudden he finds himself in an NFL preseason
3: game. What about the defense, Andre? What we saw up front, the pressure they got on the passer, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, that was was refreshing to see. I think the whole thing Saturday night uh, was refreshing to see. Everything was – was uh, you had to love what you saw, uh, and stay with me here for a second. I'll go back to the defense, but um, I don't know what the staff is doing from top to bottom, uh, how they set things up, meetings, teach drills. We're not a part of all that stuff. But whatever it is, don't change a thing. Uh, just build on what you're doing because this is probably the most prepared team a first preseason game that I think I've ever seen since I've been doing this. And I'm talking offense, defense, and specialty. It was refreshing to see. All the way down to being able to have a conversation with the head coach on the way into the stadium. And it was smiles and giggles and all of it, everything uh, was just refreshing overall. So uh, if, don't change a thing. Keep this team going in the direction that it's going because uh, it's it repressing the team. Now, to answer your question defensively, pass rush was there, there was turnovers were created, uh, Tremont Smith came up with a big interception after an interference call it's next play, and you hear that, that cliche so much, but not a lot of players are able to do that, but uh, he was able to do it after a big interference play, came up with a, with a big interception. Ross Blacklock, I think, played an outstanding football game. And Griget Heal, uh, he was the guy that was after the passer, made a couple of excellent plays, both in run defense and uh, rushing the passer. So from top to bottom, about the defense, uh, it, was, it was a sound performance.
0: Dre, there's obviously so much new on this team, but – there are ten guys, five last year of 2020's draft class, five this year of the 2021 draft class, that playing in a preseason game for the you know for the first time. And I know there are a lot of guys playing a, a preseason game for the Texans for the first time. You've been in preseason games, you've been in regular season games, and you obviously were a rookie once. A, can you imagine last year's rookie class just jumping right into the regular season and being ready to go like they were asked to, and B, how important do you think it actually is for young guys to kind of work the kinks out in preseason games before the regular season lights go on?
2: It is because there's build up to every season and every everything is a progression in football. I mean the preseason the training camp leads into the preseason, the preseason leads into the regular season. The regular season has an effect obviously on what you do and how you play in the playoffs uh, and so on and so forth. So yeah, that's a tough that's a tough task, but Given the fact that you know, you've got the entire regular season to work guys in, and this goes back to, to the coaching staff and the job that they've done, uh, even with those players, the Charlie X of the world uh, of, on this team, Ross Blacklock, who I mentioned, Jonathan Grenard, who had a big, big play in the game. You know, all of this trust, all of us being able to coach, all of us being able to get the most out of a player, how to communicate with certain guys to get the most out. These guys were all left for dead last year. And so to see them perform uh, the way they did uh, Saturday night is, is refreshing. It lets me know that this staff can coach, and, uh, and, and I can't wait to see more of
3: them. All right, that'll be Saturday night against the Cowboys at 7 o'clock. Hey, the Colts, they don't have Carson Wentz available for a bit and Quentin Nelson, and yesterday they go with Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. What do you think of their situation at quarterback, Andre, uh, and including Wentz into the mix Their shot this year to overtake the Titans, overtake the division, and obviously we'll have to deal with them twice this campaign as we always do.
2: I like Eason. I always had him, all the way back to his days in Georgia, and uh, he's a big, physical guy that can push the ball down the field. Uh, He's starting to play with a lot of confidence. I think he's playing for one of the better developers of quarterbacks in the league, and Frank Reich. So you're going to see uh, a tremendous player emerge. He will be in the future, and that's my opinion, in, in Indianapolis. I, I haven't been crazy about Carson Wentz. Don't, don't, uh, don't give me what he's done before. that. This, that you know, when they traded for him, I was actually happy because I don't think he'll finish a, a 17-game schedule with somebody else that was ill prepared. And maybe the timing works out where the Texans get him at that time. Uh, would have to step on the field. But Eason me more so than Carson Wentz because just he's, he's big, he's mobile, he's got a great arm. I saw it yesterday watching that game. Uh, he's getting a better command of what they do offensively. Uh, so I'm not in a rush to see uh, Jacob Eason. I know he's young, but but they've got enough around him to protect him for a while, especially with their their uh, staple of running backs. They've got good receivers this year uh i'm not i'm more afraid of eason than i am went that that makes no sense to a lot of people
0: but my eyes tell me that i mean there's with eason that big arm and what he can do there's some things with those receivers that he might be he might be scarier overall from a physical tool standpoint there's no doubt dre Saturday afternoon, before we went over to the stadium, Chicago was playing Miami. It was Tua versus Justin Fields, as everybody wanted to point out. And In the end, Justin Fields maybe broke the internet with his performance. Look, it was against Miami's twos, et cetera. I don't know how much – I mean, I didn't get to watch all of it, but just the buzz around Justin Fields, in your opinion, how long does it take for Justin to take over as QB1 for Andy Dalton in Chicago?
2: Not long. Um, not long at all. And, you know, I just – I look at that situation and, and the, he had complete command of what what was going on on the field. The, the moment wasn't too big. I think that goes back to playing in some big games at Ohio State, uh, games that are, are uh, you know, under the lights, so to speak. But uh, he's just a physical freak, both running the football. There were a couple of runs that he had where he pulled the ball down and made some plays with his legs. He, he made smart decisions in the passing game, uh, ad-libbed when he needed to at times, and, and I, I don't think it's going to be long before uh, he's on the field. I, I think his teammates may decide that or help to make that decision because it's never really uh, the coaching staff that makes the decision on who plays. It, it might be in some places where it's forced, but genuinely at the quarterback position, if there's a competition going on, the team will play better for one guy than the other, and I think that's going to be the situation in Chicago with Justin Fields.
3: All right, let's turn our attention to college football with Andre Ware right now. Okay, Trey, what do you think? We haven't talked to you about this publicly. Longhorns, Sooners, SEC, your thoughts.
2: Man, I think it starts a trickle-down effect, Mark. Uh, going into the SEC, there aren't any Kansas states and Kansas' and uh, so on and so forth in that conference. You're going to line up and play every single week. So be careful what you ask for, but they're going there. When is the question? Uh, the if has been answered. It's uh, it's going to make the SEC tougher. This is the start, I think, of four 16-team leagues where you know, there will be four super conferences, so to speak, and how the Pac-12 spills out with uh, adding four teams and how the Big, Big Ten – uh, they add a couple of teams, in, along with the ACC, but I think the Big 12. This starts the demise of the Big 12 because they're going to those conferences that I just named are going to poach uh, programs from the Big 12. They're going to struggle to survive. If, if I'm the University of Houston, I haven't ever said this. I haven't said this publicly, but it's not the Big 12 I'm looking to go to. Everybody thought if Houston would be a natural fit. No, I'm looking to go to the Pac-12 because they don't have a footprint in Texas yet a TV market here that it will allow them the ability to come to Texas and recruit even more so than they have been in previous years. So, Big 12's big in trouble, and I think we're all headed for a four-team super conference. Four, four super conferences across the board.
3: I want USC at TDECU Stadium. Oh, oh, yes. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Sign love me it. up
0: for that. Love <laughs> I would love it. Love to see it. Oh, I mean, Kooks. Cougs- Cooks would love the trip to L.A. I mean, that's – I oh, mean, yeah. obviously seeing the Chargers. I mean, that's the one team that stands out. I, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see how the Pac-12 – but Dre's absolutely right. I, I've thought about this. I've had conversations with other people. I've talked to David Fletcher about this. University of Houston on the Big 12, eh, Pac-12. That's the one. That's the one. I think, I think Dre's right, the Big 12. But, Dre, on this, on this season – it feels because Alabama lost so much offensively. And, I look, I know they're reloading at a number of spots. Georgia's multi-talented. You know, Oklahoma's actually got a little bit of a defense. And I know we're not all the way to that season yet, but as you look at the top teams in college football, is there one that stands out to you more than any others? Maybe that some other people aren't talking about or one that you like over others? Ah.
2: Uh. Not really, Johnny. I think it's the same cast of characters because when you look at a team like Alabama and I 'll throw Clemson in there as well as as well as Ohio State for years i 'm saying there's got to be a drop off you know you can't lose this much this much talent and there, you know and come back and, and do exactly what you did in the previous years, but they always seem to do it uh, yep. last year with Mike Jones at quarterback, Alabama might take a step back because he's inexperienced. No. Oh, you know, he becomes a top, a first-round pick, and, and leads him to a national championship. So uh, that's that's one program that, that uh, their threes would be ones on a lot of a lot of, in a lot of programs across the country. Clemson and the job that Davo's done, and then I think Kirby Smart at Georgia is, is starting to build that way. Look out for the Florida Gators. That's that's one. If they could get it right at quarterback with Caltriss now in the NFL. Uh, I think Dan Mullen will, will uh, surprise a lot of people this year. So if there's one that could come out of nowhere that no one's really talking about right now, it could, it could be the University of Florida.
0: Great stuff there from our dude Andre Ware. And, yes, University of Florida. Keep an eye on the name, Emery Jones. He will take over for Kyle Trask, and he is dynamic. He was essentially their running quarterback. When they wanted to take Trask out and give a different look, kind of a more of a running look quarterback counters quarterback powers those kind of things they would put emory jones back there and he tore it up and apparently he had a really good spring throwing football and if he is on it like people think he is florida could absolutely be a surprise over in the sec all right we get back let's hear from the general john mcclain right here on texas all access